Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Episode of Race Chat Live. It's Monday night, man. A two week hiatus. Woo! It's got me ready to talk some racing, man. That's why we call it Race Chat Live. We got Taz uh, Taylor here in the studio with us. Unfortunately, uh, Craig Moore will not be joining us this evening. Or he better not be joining us this evening. He is on uh, medical leave. Uh, I thought the prayers are with man. Oh, man. Two weeks off. Ooh, where do we even begin? Well, I, you know, we have to rewind to Watkins Glen. Okay, so uh, NASCAR did something they've never done before. They took a two-week off vacation. I can't wait to find out from Taz Taylor what he talked about the two-week hiatus. I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll, I'll further my thought later on uh, for my reasons for enjoying that. Um, but, uh, of course, uh, going into Watkins Glen, uh, you know, it was almost a gimme that Chase Elliott would win. Well, not so fast. It was a Chevrolet, and it comes from Hendrick. But it was that guy now sitting with five wins. He's won in every damn thing he's raced in this year. Uh, of course, we're talking about Kyle Young Money Larson. Uh, so, got a lot to talk about. And, and my conspiracy that, hey, you know, if I'm the five team and I know i got to beat the nine team, hey, man. Hey, Chick. You know, I don't know. You never know. Could CD be uh, snitching on old uh, AG? I would love to hear that. Uh, your thoughts on that as well. If you're listening in, we want to uh, thank you for uh, being here. Of course, share us. Uh, you can find us on uh, all sorts of podcasts. You can find us at the website, first of all. That's the most important. 110 Nation. The 110Nation.com. Uh, that is our home website. You can find Race Chat Live and our sister station, uh, the 110 Nation. Shout out to Mr. CJ Sports. Uh, tied the knot uh, this past weekend. And, well, actually, I think it was a weekend, but uh, we, weren't, we weren't here. So he was on his honeymoon for a week. And uh, so he's going to have the 110 Nation show starting back, of course. And if you haven't already listened to the hottest dirt podcast in the South right now, Southern Dirt Track Report, make sure that y'all go 
and uh, check out their podcast as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, here I am holding the studio up. Uh, Taz Taylor, glad to have you. That's not task. All right. 1868 is me. Well, speak then, my friend. I was letting you do your thing. I wasn't going to interrupt. Also, you had it going. Like, I had a, I had a good introduction going on, huh? You had a good rhythm. I, I wasn't interrupting that. It's crazy, man. I mean, you know, I always think that, hey, I could do a show on my own. I've watched plenty of it. But I'll be real honest with you. I'm like a balloon with a lot of potential, and then I get around a cat. All of a sudden, you know, after about four minutes, it's like, and uh, I think I'm done. I mean, I, I literally feel like I talked <laughs> in four minutes a whole hour show. So uh, glad to have you here, Taz Taylor. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to kick kick sure do. down to uh two races left of the regular season, of course. Three guys, Yeah, two two races though, right? Two. Three. Three. How come? Because there was four races left with three playoff spots available when we were heading to Watkins Glen. I thought we had two. And we're now down to three and three. I know we go to Indianapolis next week, right? We have the Indianapolis road course for the Brickyard and then Michigan and the Coke Zero at Daytona to close up the regular season. Why do why do I continuously forget about Michigan? This is the second show in a row that I have forgotten that poor old Michigan still has a race. But, you know, I've always enjoyed both Michigan races, so uh, I, don't, I don't know why we don't uh, – Run a double header there as well, like a Saturday Sunday gig, like what we had uh, with Pocono. But Watkins Glenn delivered. I mean, everyone eyeballed Chase Ellie and Truex, but without Kyle Larson's Ben, I mean, you can't be surprised anymore. If you are Wait. still surprised, I don't know what kind of drugs you're doing. I'm telling you, Kyle Larson is just. He's on fire. But but I, I, I went back to this chase thing, Taz. Let's 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 back up a second just for my sake. I I'm realizing now that we could have our points leader knocked out of the point. Right? No. I mean, Denny Hamlin no. no no. Kevin Harvey and Denny Hamlin. No. Kevin Harvey's the point leader. Denny Hamlin Denny Hamlin will win the regular season points, but he doesn't have a fighting chance in heck to make it in the uh, playoffs because he has no state well, points. And he well, has no technically, win. Technically, it's a tie at first for the point lead between Larson and Hamlin. They both have 917 points, while third place is 786. What a difference there. The only difference is Kyle Larson over Denny Hamlin right now is the win column. And Hamlin still having the goose egg which at this point, I don't even know how. How? And how has this guy had, how has this guy had the points lead the whole damn year, Taz? 
Is this thing broken? How did he get that far ahead? I mean, he's shown consistency, which is great, but in a system where wins matter, you've got to have them, and he's not getting them. It's great he's showing consistency. Ryan Newman did this a few years ago, if you remember back, Pat Taylor. Uh, He went all the way to, uh, I believe, Miami. Didn't Stewart do this one year? Yeah, Stewart barely made his way in and went off to win a championship. Remember, he was dating a lady by the name of Jess. Oh, wait a minute. Um, never mind. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, so. something about I took out the trash or whatever it was, and then all of a sudden he went on this crazy win streak, and, well, he met Carl Edwards down in Miami. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing about that uh, news conference beforehand, the press conference, was Tony Stewart looked at Carl and said, I know how to win one of these Jeeps. And and that forever will have to be embedded in Carl Edwards' brain, you know. But uh, back, back to the point, back to the point. We've got a guy who's won five races. Okay, we've got two guys who won 16 races last year, Tad Taylor. 16 races! None this year. We're down to three races to go. So, basically, we're still saying that the win in your end is not necessarily – it could still be disrupted, the win in your end. This is this is juice of it right here, okay, Cause, because we could I have – we could have Matty D win at Indianapolis, right? We could have Chase Briscoe win at Michigan, huh? Fords, right? Stuart Haas, real strong, Chase Briscoe. Look at his stats the last five races, Taz. Look at Chase as he's starting to catch up and Ford's starting to move back forward. First on race day. Just thought I'd let you know. Then you roll into Daytona. Daytona. The wild card. A guy by the name of Michael McDowell, David Reagan, Jamie McMurray. There's there's correlation between all those names. What is that, Taz? well, McDowell is already in because of the 500, but yeah, right. But but it's it's a crapshoot, right? Anytime you're at a super speedway, rotation, you're playing the lottery speedway because we used to call it restrictor plate racing, but now you have to call it super speedway. But I'm, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, they called Nashville a super speedway, and that is not a super speedway. So um, that's just my thoughts on that. But uh, so well, we we could we could see a win in your end kicked out, right? Or will NASCAR say, okay, here was the whole deal the whole time we were supposed to be winning your end, but so you got kicked out, Michael McDowell. Is well, Michael McDowell really locked into the chase? Ooh. Well, <laughs> the biggest question. Well, you can look at that, but the other big question is Larson versus Hamlin. Who's going to be? Sorry, sorry, the storm started blowing in. Well, um, no, the big question is going to be Hamlin versus Larson. I mean, right now, Larson's, Larson's got the point lead over Hamlin because of the, the wind column tiebreaker. They're right. deadlocked, so it's going to come down to whoever finishes ahead of who at this rate. 
Um, in my prediction, I think it's going to be Larson, but Hamlin can prove me wrong. Who knows? But now, but You're well, killing me. We can talk about Cup Series all day long. We got other two series that kick things off, and we have a playoff field already determined. Right. So let's hear about it. So the Xfinity Series, we had the youngster Ty Gibbs with a, another win at a road course. Boo, NASCAR, NASCAR, boo. This gets to be able to race for a championship. We're dropping the ball here. And then the Camping World Truck Series, Austin Hill won, but uh, one of the KBM trucks was disqualified. I'm really? thinking. Feel me in. Yeah. I didn't hear about that. They were DQ'd. Um, I'll find that out in a minute. But in terms of points for, well, we'll work things up. Truck series we'll start with. We have, we have our 10-truck playoff field, and you're looking at uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Austin Hill, Ben Rhodes, Todd Gillen, Sheldon Creed, the top five, the only drivers with wins, well, full-time drivers with wins, Zane Smith, Matt Crafton, Carson Hosevar, Chandler Smith, that was the DQ truck, by the way, and Stuart Friesen uh, made it into the top 10 playoff truck field. Xfinity, and I just caught this too, Chris, and you're going to be mind-blowing. Well, not really mind-blown, but we all know where your point's going to go once we say this. So currently Austin Sindrick, later, Amendinger second, Multhurin with wind. Daniel Hemrick, third. Allgaier, fourth. He has won. Harrison Burton rounds out the top five. Jeb Burton in sixth with a win. Justin Haley, Noah Gregson, Brandon Jones, Jeremy Clements, your top ten. Michael Annette, Riley Herbst, Myatt Snyder, Brandon Brown, your top 14. Josh Berry has ran four less races than all the 14 drivers ahead of him, and he sits 15th in points. Ryan Siegen wow. 16th. Ryan 16th. Ryan Siegen 16th. Ty Gibbs 17th. Tommy Joe Martins, Alex LeBay, and Landon Castle, the top 20. Now, in terms of playoffs, we're looking at Xfinity's not locked in yet. And I don't know why they're looking at. Oh, never mind. They got 12 for their playoff field. So they're 12 cars at the moment looking at. Cindric Almendinger, Allgaier with wins. Jeb Burton with a win. Myatt Snyder with a win. These guys are getting in on points, which is Hemrick, Burton, Haley, Gregson, Jones, Clement, and Michael Annette. And Michael Annette has a 30-point gap on Riley Herbst. In the Cup Series, this is where things get dicey. Because our playoff grid at the moment is Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, all and Eric Almirola, all with wins. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Tyler Reddick make up the final three. However, Hamlin could be knocked out if he's not the point champion at the end of the regular season if we get three new winners for the next for the final three regular season races. No way. As we have mentioned. 
And Tyler Reddick can make his first playoff uh, debut, his his first chance at going after a championship by locking in the playoffs off points. There's no way a points champion of the regular season can miss the playoffs. No, there's not. And that's where it comes down to, is it going to be Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin? Because if Hamlin gets it, he's locked in, which kicks somebody out potentially at the moment. Or Kyle Larson stays ahead of Hamlin, and Hamlin could get screwed over. Because Hamlin, wow. (laughs) That's NASCAR numbers. Guys, baby. If there are but, uh, three winners, if there are three different winners, and Denny Hamlin still is the points leader, then you'll have fifteen I would cars say, that got in on win. So you would have a winner or two, possibly, that would not make the case because they had won, but they didn't have enough points to make the sixteen. That would well, be Michael McDowell and who else? Well, Eric Amarola would be Kevin Harvick, right? Michael McDowell, no. Kevin Harvick would already be eliminated. Now, here's my take. Um, This isn't my final three predictions at the moment. Obviously, we'll give Eric Amarola. Well, Amarola is the bottom driver for all the winners. But um, right now, these are my three predictions at the moment. Obviously, for this week, I'll have my final pick in. We're going to Indianapolis road course. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna stick on a road course winger, and I guess you can add Kyle Larson to that list at this rate. Um, but I'm going on the Hendrick side. I'll, I'll play Elliot. Get spoiler. Um, Michigan. I mean, you're ba- you're basically putting Kyle Larson in it. Kyle Larson, a free win right there. He loves Michigan. Daytona, give it to Denny Hamlin. That, those are my three predictions. But for Indianapolis Road Course, don't set on me with Chase Elliott at the moment. That might change. Yeah, I mean, we can't count out Martin Church Jr. or Road Ringer. Uh, Kurt Busch does really well in road courses, but he's already got a win in the playoffs. I mean, and he's and he's locked into the playoffs. Um, we're talking about we, we would we would go back and we would try to find these guys that are that are on the cusp, and somebody like Austin Dillon, or a possibly a, even a Tyler Reddick. You know, really, um, since those guys have been knocking on the door all season, uh, they could they could very well solidify their their way. It's going to be a this is juicy right here. You've got three different three races left, three different racetracks, three totally different style racetracks. But Michigan being a mile and a half, while this is one of Larson's favorite tracks, don't sleep on ever on some of these other guys who run well at these. Kinds of tracks. I mean, look at Tyler Reddick. He's quiet early on in these tracks, but towards later in the race, he comes up, as you mentioned. Austin Dillon could be another one. 
Or you could have another Henry driver in Alex Bowman or William Byron that have shown great potential in these mile-and-a-half tracks. And, and, and Alex we're leaving Bowman, on... Bowman, great story, as I saw earlier. This guy, when he started in the Cup Series, was, I guess you can essentially say, one of those start-and-start start teams. And would not perform very well at all, even for a starting park team. And look where and all he had to do was get a call from Dale Junior saying, I need you to replace me while I'm out for a few races. He does he does some solid performances and earns himself a full time ride with Hendrick and look at him now. He's now he's winning races and he's up to three I believe now for this year. Five. Career wins, I believe. Um, sorry, you caught me off guard there. So, yeah, Alex Bowman got to start with Tommy Baldwin racing. And, uh, of course, he had brought on Nick, 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 Nitro. I can't remember the name of the energy drink. And... Alex probably, I, I mean, he may have raced the whole season with him. Well, then the next year he comes out and he's with uh, the uh, Burger King team, the Dr. Pepper team, whatever it was, the 23, and the, the, the yeah. same team that Matt Magetto came from. Um, like BKR or something. Yeah, BK, yeah, BK Racing, right, BK Racing, right. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't uh, – it didn't, it didn't, you didn't see any talent at that point in time. You, you just felt like he was kind of a, you know, just taking up some space. And, uh, you know, it, it's quite the story that Dale Jr., similar to Brad Keselowski, Dale Jr. has scouted some pretty damn good talents. Uh, Justin Algier's career would have been over a long time ago had it not been for Dale Jr. He kept Elliot Sadler. But the names that he's brought up and brought to the Cup Series, you know, the, the most recent one, of course, Josh Berry, right? Um, you know, having, uh, 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 what's his name? William Byron, Willie B. You know, Chase Elliott drove for Junior. So, I mean, uh, Brad Keselowski. Uh, you know, Junior's been able to uh, elevate quite a few careers. I mean... You can't you can't say that any better. I mean, look at Josh Berry, as we mentioned earlier, top fifteen in points, and he's four races less than everybody else above him. He's ahead of guys that have ran every race this year. Imagine him, and he has a win. Imagine him in a full time Xfinity ride. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I was hoping that he would uh, he would have more races to be able to race this season. Uh, but uh, you know, he's definitely proven that uh, he deserves the chance. His win was no fluke, uh, as you pointed out in the point. And you know, Ty Gibbs right there as well. Fourteen. Well, I think he's raced. He's missed four races out of the year. He, you know, already already accumulated multi wins. He, I mean, Ty Gibbs is going to be another rising star in his own right, but he's still got a career to go. He has a pretty good 
Long you know, career ahead I hear of him. That so much slow down about Ty Gibbs. Slow down about Ty Gibbs. He's getting the best of equipment. He's getting the best of equipment. Look, he's got the least amount of experience, and he's kicking ass of people who would typically be the front runners at Joe Gibbs Racing. But now I'll, I'll have to say, Brendan Jones is no William Byron or. You know, Brandon Jones is definitely not a top-level talent. Neither is Harrison Burton. Yeah, Harrison Burton getting that drive with the Wood Brothers, and that's that's basically kind of a favor, I believe. You know, I mean, I'm not sold on Harrison Burton. Um, I never was. You know, Jenkins Regan has not been a sir. I'm I'm ready to hit the gas pedal on Todd Gibbs, Taz Taylor. Because I think I think this kid is similar to Kyle Busch. He has raced something his whole damn life. This kid's got more experience out there on a track than than some of these forty year olds do. Because the kid has been racing since he was four years old. He's got he's got talent. That's for sure. I mean, once he's old enough to get full time Xfinity. You got to be looking out for him. You know, Taz, you go back 20, 30 years ago, and the kids these days they have an opportunity to basically straight out of straight out of the womb. Now, the time they're three years old, they can be in a cart. You're looking at how young these drivers are. These uh, the the cup drivers, their kids are when they're getting into racing. They have just as much experience by the time they're 18 years old as somebody 30 years ago that didn't get their opportunity until they were 18 years old to wheel a race car. Do you, I mean, you know, racing is about defining a skill, right? We all know there's very few people that can get in a car and go out there and put down a pole lap. There yep. are some that can do it. It's a learned skill. Everybody said, well, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is a perfect example. The reason why Kyle Busch is not at the top of his game right now is because he does he does not have he doesn't have to get in the car and make it fast go. Neither did Matt Kenseth. That but what they did do is they accumulated a lot of laps and they got it just where they wanted it to. So it didn't matter how far off the car was, they were gonna be able to get the most out of the equipment. They were gonna be able to talk to somebody like Jimmy Finning or Adam Stevens and they're gonna be able to get this car dialed in. So you, you look at the experience that Ty Gibbs has behind the wheel of the steering wheel, and he, he very well could be the next Kyle Busch because, look, anytime you do something 10,000 times, you get pretty damn good at it. Have you ever heard of the 10,000 rule, right? You're not good at anything until you've done it 10,000 times? That's the first I'm hearing about that. Oh yeah, look it up—the ten thousand time rule. Look, by the time by the time you rebuild a carburetor ten thousand times, are you not the best carburetor fixer in town? Be the best, but at least you're pretty good at it. Got to be, anyway. If you did it ten thousand times, you got to be good at it. I see. I would say I would say it this way: nobody's ever the best at anything, but if you do it ten thousand times, you better know what the heck you're doing. Yeah, I think that's experience. And so so I believe that not, maybe not 10,000 races, 
but he's definitely, Doug Gibbs has definitely accumulated 10,000 laps in his lifetime. You, know, you you can't really teach somebody how to race a corner and and, and do the apex yep. and all. That that that's kind of that that has to be natural. They don't ever get it at all. If they don't see the corner and know how to diamond and know how you know what that means and know how to do it, then you 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 got somebody who probably doesn't know much about racing at all and has no business in the race car or race seat for sure. All right, so. Coming up in a couple minutes, if you haven't called in already, we're going to get Reaper Racing in as our guest tonight. Uh, I believe his name is Shane. Oh, good Lord. Uh, Shane Backus. I had to remember his last name to save my life. Shane Backus from Reaper Racing. He'll be calling in shortly. Hopefully. And uh, we'll... We'll see what he's up to and what his career's like and his thoughts about racing in general and we'll kind of go from go from there after we had a wonderful weekend back of racing. I mean, can't ask for a better weekend of racing with three NASCAR races, an Indy street course race at Nashville and I guess there was an some kind of IMSA race going on too this weekend. And a whole week oh. to start on the F1 drama. So, yeah. Oh, I want to give a plug to Stafford Motor Speedway with the Wheel and Modified Tour. Uh, Ryan Priest, your NASCAR Cup star, took the win in there. Good job. Yeah, and a uh, big shout-out to uh, our racetrack, of course, this week. It's the Southern Street Stock Nationals, ninth annual, presented by Street Roofing and Siding. Five thousand dollars to win. That's that. That just really doesn't have that. Doesn't uh, you know these races where you see fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars to win? But I tell you what, it's not about the money at the Southern Street Side National. It's about the survival. And, five thousand uh, for five thousand to win for a street stock race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! I know you paid. I know like that was a high paying race, but I didn't think it was that high for that kind of class. Woo! Oh, come on, man. They're throwing $15,000 to win races these days in street stocks. Not up here, they're not. Stock. Right, that's exactly where it should be. $5,000 is a whole lot of money, Pass Taylor. And uh, there's a lot of incentives as well. But the most important thing about this race, and I'll say it again, it, it's not the money. It's the integrity. It's the, I survived 144 other street stock cars, and I'm the victory victory guy. I think we've only had one two-time winner. Uh, I'll have to check the stats on that, but, yeah, uh, looking uh, looking forward to it. It starts Wednesday night practice. Thursday night is uh, racing for the uh, street stocks. Friday night will be factory stocks and street stocks. And Saturday will be the feature. Everybody in the street stocks in the street stock class will race a feature on Saturday night. So if you get eliminated, you will still have a feature race Saturday night. We're waiting on our guest to call in. Uh, this, uh, as, as you have said, um, Shane Brackett is a 45-year-old uh, father uh, married uh, to his wonderful wife, Jefferson City, Missouri native. Uh, he is going to be 
debuting for Nemco Motorsports in the 2022 season. Uh, of course, Nemco is a family-owned operation that has been in national competition since 1989. That's the Nemechek uh, uh, team, isn't it? Yes, it is. And we've seen them in victory lane uh, with John Hunter Nemechek. And uh, so Nemco's been around yep. a long time. Uh, El Bell South Car, if you remember back. Uh, trying to think of what number it was. If it was, a, I think it was the number 87, if I'm not mistaken. And as a matter of fact, Joe Nemechek, uh, people will have to think back pretty far. First of all, he was front row Joe Nemechek. Second of all, I believe he was the second driver to ever drive for Furniture Road Racing, the first driver being none other than uh, old Herminator, Kenny Wallace. A did-you-know moment. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, yeah. Yep, also, Joe, Joe Nemechek drove for uh, Savco. He also drove for... Uh, yeah, we don't have anybody calling out. Um, he also drove uh, uh, for Andy Peachtree Racing and, I believe, Hendrick Motorsports. Oh, and Bobby Ginn Racing. I knew it was one more. That's right. He drove the 01 Army car. As a matter of fact, it was kind of upsetting that he got let go after all that he did for the Army sponsorship there. But John Hunter Nemechek is actually named after his brother, John Nemechek, who died, I believe, at Toledo in a in a truck crash back in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. So we're still waiting on our call-in guests. Unfortunately, they are... I, uh, check the thread. I gave you the last four of his number to look for. Oh, yeah, I know. There's nobody that's called in, though. I'd be putting me Um, Oh, man. Because we get stood up again. Yep, I don't know. It doesn't look like a... sit down when they're five minutes late. They're not calling you. Yeah, I'm messaging him right now, so... Yep. Uh, where do you, you want to go? So, what's your... So, what's your... Uh, quickly, your three predictions for the last three races. Who are your winners? And obviously, this week's pick is not your final. Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm even ready to I bluffed my mine out there. I bluffed mine out there. Yeah, I would. I would really have to. Going, said. I mean, you put me on the spot, man. Oh, that, but we'll we'll hold that thought. We do have our guest in. The, well, our guest was in the studio and then he dropped out. Oh, there he is. Hopefully, he gets all right. Him on here. All right. What's your shame? Hello. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yes, sir, loud and clear. Good, 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 good. How are you guys doing? It's a wonderful night. Going all right. It's a a Monday, let's put it that way. (laughs) 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 
No, I was just actually sitting here listening to the show and listening to everything that was going on. So I was, uh, I was at the same time, we're trying to figure out the phone numbers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's all, hey, we're, we're just glad you called in. Sometimes we get we get left uh, hanging there, and uh, so you you got an interesting career. You've been around racing for quite a while, uh, but yes, sir. You got some uh, pretty pretty big opportunities coming up uh, in the near future. Uh, Shane, yes. tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what what you got yourself into. Well, so um, I'm 45 years old. Um, I act like I'm more, yeah, as my wife would say, probably more of a three-year-old, but that's beside the point. Um, the, uh, the racing I've been around since I was probably old enough to hold a wrench, honestly, my parents were drag racers for years. Um, they, they raced pretty much everything. In fact, what was funny is that my mother at one time was known as the fastest woman on a four-speed. Uh, she drove a 57 Chevy that I don't even know what that thing had in it back in those days. So, you know, I mean, I've, I've grown up around it. Um, and with my dad and everything and my parents, um, we, you know, we did everything from dirt to drag to boats to, I mean, you name it, we, we got in it. You know, y'all raced anything with a motor in it. Pretty much, <laughs> and then I kind of went up after that. You know, I mean, I'm a, I was, I'm an ex-professional cyclist. Um, I've done oh, there a we lot go. of downhill racing. I knew racing. I was leaving something on the table. Today. I knew I had to be leaving something. On the table. I was, I was suspecting yeah. foot racing. You got me, you got me on the cycle. No, actually, well, you know, I am six four, so it's kind of funny. I'm not a runner by any means. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, so you, as far as the cycling, as far as the cycling career, I started that at about thirteen, you know, twelve or thirteen. Um, I've raced for some fairly large junior teams. Um, I've actually done several uh, pro uh, tours, um, and on top of that, I actually helped uh, when the Red Bull Rampage, which is something in its infancy in around two thousand, we were the, one of the first runners of that. So which is, uh, I think it's a little hairy. It's gotten a lot wilder now. Wow. It's called it's the Red Bull Rampage? Is that, what? what is that? It's, so it's a downhill race. It's actually done out in the desert, and it's the crazy guys that you see going off the side of the cliffs on a mountain bike. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, when you get the helmet cam of that, bro, I don't give a dang. You better have your toilet paper near <laughs> yeah, trust me. I, I that's that's why. Yeah, we we've broken a few bones. <laughs> so so a life of racing. You're 45 years old. You haven't slowed down yet. Uh, nope. What 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 have you been most recently racing? Uh, recently, I mean, recently, I mean, I'm just pretty much practicing, um, taking all the driving schools that I can. It's pretty much twice a month. Um, as of right now, I'm not racing anything. I've just kind of concentrated mostly on getting better for the season up ahead. So, you know, just kind of doing my thing there. What's um, the last? What's the last like actual official racing you've you've done? 
so the last one we did was the Corvette. Uh, we uh, did SCCA Corvette. Uh, we had a Corvette that was around 1,200 horse that we used to run. So, so y'all are been into two years ago. Oh, yes. Wow, interesting. So there's a whole other world out there that's basically a sports car world. And semi-amateur, semi-pro, I mean, it's legit, bro. We have a track in New Orleans. Uh, They're building one in uh, South Mississippi as well. Uh, These uh, Barber Motorsports Park, they're not just just a facility for IndyCar. Uh, Is this kind of similar to what what you style racing you were racing? Yes, sir. It is, actually. also, I mean, right now we're sitting in the garage, actually, right this moment is a 67 Shelby Cobra. Um, we're actually modifying for two things. One, we're going after the world land speed record with it, and then we're going to turn it into another road race car. Wait a minute. You're going for a world yep. land speed record in a 67 Shelby Cobra? Yes, sir. Are we going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records, and have you bought my ticket yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows the the current standing of the so the standing was uh, I believe it was 198. It stood for almost uh, I want to say it was 50 or 60 years. Uh, the new record was beat several years back at 201.7. Um, I we are attempting 225. 225. Wow! Wow! In an aerodynamic break. Over in Missouri, that races airplanes. I thought that was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> well, it, well, what's funny is that on this car, so we're actually, so <clears throat> a little short uh, intro about Cobra. The Cobra is actually not a Ford car. It's actually ANC, which was a, which was a British car company. So uh, over the years, you know, Ford has put all their money into, or all their power into those cars, and that, there's a huge following. We're actually doing it with a Chevrolet engine, though. You know, this is the, the guy Brandon James. He did the same thing in drag race, and he has a Chevy motor in, in that in his Ford, but uh, <laughs> it's like a '69 or something like that. But uh, so we've been hearing a lot of this. It's unfortunate that uh, it doesn't have the Ford horsepower because I'm a big Ford guy. But I'll still be uh, interested in uh, flying up there with you and uh, <laughs> seeing seeing this world record broke. Where do you go to break a world record like that? Do you go, I mean, down here you would make a lap around Talladega or something. Where do you go up there to make a make that kind of record? So I'm actually in Georgia. So the, the actual record was broke on the West Coast. I'm going to break this one on the East Coast just so we can get the bagging rights back. So uh, there's a couple airfields that do, the, do stuff every year. Um, we're kind of looking at that. Um, so... Yeah, it, it, it's going to be one of those. There, there's a few tests that have got to be done. There's some aerodynamic work that's still got to be done. Uh, the engine is actually sitting in a friend of, my, friend of mine in Mooresville right this moment. So it's actually a 555 all-aluminum big block. It's going to put out about 1,000 horsepower. Smoking, 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 my friend. Dang. In a 2,100-pound car. <laughs> Dang. Now what? What kind? What's the highest you've ever raced in terms of anything you've done since you like to drive anything that essentially has at least two wheels and a motor? 
Are you asking the fastest I've ever been? No, like, like what's the highest rank of racing you've done? Um, I'm going to end up, well, that's really hard to say because, I mean, if, you've got, if you're looking at SEC and road course or if you're looking at dirt track racing, racing where I grew up, you know, it, it kind of goes different ways. I mean, but as far as that goes, I mean, it's probably going to be, um, you know, I mean, we, we ran unlimited modifieds or uh, unlimited late models uh, whenever Dad was alive. And then after that, you know, I mean, with the with the IHRA, the drag racing, I had 19 or 20 wins with that. And then uh, after that, I mean, the SCCA, I, I've ran several times, and I've won several times with that, too. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to really, really balance it all out. It seems to me that you kind of went to the pinnacle of each of them, and you, you still have one on the horizon here, right? Uh, you've got, uh, yes, you've got I mean, a big deal coming up next year. And at, at the age that you are, we, you know, it's kind of like, wow, I, why did you wait so long for this opportunity? And how in the heck did you get into a Nemco Motorsports machine? Okay, so there's a really funny story with that, and, and it's going to reflect on a couple people actually that that I that I'm good that I'm friends with that you know have helped me out a long way. Um, it was kind of funny that you know you asked that, and I've always wanted to. And the reason why I waited so long is, I mean, you know, life happens. I have two daughters um, that you know are, are wonderful. I didn't get married till later in life either. Um, so, you know, I focused on getting my education, working, doing things like that. Um, you know, I spent my time in the military, six years in the military. Um, I did my things after that. I, you know, I was an offshore diver and welder for, for about 10 years. So I kind of did the things that I wanted to do. And if I look back on it now and I, and I, and I wish – you know, honest to God, if Dad would have stayed alive, I would have probably been pushed a lot harder, which would have been great. But I'm glad that I've gotten the opportunities I've gotten in life is because, you know, I mean, my resume reads like, okay, this man's insane. How does he have all this? And I've had several people ask me that. But, you know, now in life, yeah. it's like, you know, yes, I realize that... I'm older. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're, you're what, the sir? Travis Pastrana that we didn't even know. <laughs> Well, I have two. I have two bachelors and a master's degree. So, and also an associate's. <laughs> got smart um, too. Tim. Exactly. I had to. It's the only way to. It's the only way to stay on top anymore. Um, but no, as far as that goes, as far as the story of getting into it, what's funny is I was in Mooresville, and I was actually buying a seat for uh, the Cobra, uh, one of the shops up there. Uh, as I said, my engine builder's in Mooresville. Uh, great guy. I love Chris Unger to death. He owns Harry Nut Custom Racing Engines. Um, him and his wife are amazing. But I got, got hooked up with John Strange over at SRI. Um, but even before that, <clears throat> what had happened was is I ended up with the wrong halo on a seat. Well, the seat ended up was actually Corbin Forrester's seat. So I messaged Corbin on Facebook one day, and we talked to talking, and I went up to his house, and we were talking, and I ended up buying another seat, and he, he was like, you know, he said, I know teams are looking, and we got to talking, and, and then after that, I kind of got to making some phone calls, and I talked to John uh, Strange over at SRI, and he made some, some really good contacts for me, and it all took off from there. 
And first of all, we'll go back to the fact that you're six four. Yeah. You're 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 very tall, so they you have to have a specialized seat, right? And some, I mean, you have to make room for you to get into a race car. Yeah, <laughs> I have to make room to get into a Cobra. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so so the halo. That's where the whole halo comes from, right? Because uh, you obviously you were probably a little bit too uh, too tall for that, right? No, actually, the halo didn't fit the seat. It was the wrong serial number, and it got mixed up. So, and I so I went up to Corbin, and I actually got the halo from him, and we talked and goofed around for a minute, and he gave me some names, and yeah, that's where it all ends. And you know, where John Strange and I tie in together is I buy a lot of parts from Strange or from John over at SRI um, for the Cobra. I mean, this car's got the you know the the. the AP Racing NASCAR brakes on it. It's got a lot of NASCAR parts in it. Right. So that's where yeah, John and I tied in together, and we became a lot of good friends. Now, I have a, I have a question about your name, Reaper Racing. How did that name come about? Is there any certain size <clears throat> to it? Like how... <clears throat> So the Reaper Racing actually, um, it came through because my associate degree is actually in mortuary science. Um, and so this is, it was kind of funny. It kind of came up, and we were just going to be, you know, Shane Backus Incorporated or Shane Backus Racing. And we decided to just kind of make it like, you know what, it, that fits you better. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we'll just go with it and see how it works. <laughs> All right, and for your ride with Nemco next year, is that is that a planned full-time or is that a part-time ride? My plan is full-time. We are, I mean, we are actively hunting hardcore sponsorship for the full year, um, but I really don't like the term sponsorship anymore, and the reason why is this is because sponsorship sounds like you give me money, I throw your name on a car we race, and that's it. That's not what I'm after. Anymore, you know, it's about partnership. And if you have a brand that works for the driver and a driver that works for the brand, everybody wins on that level. I like that mentality. I know a few I know uh, one or two drivers locally for my area that kind of see things like that and that's how they've been grabbing people by doing that yeah and honest to god i mean you know that is the way it should be i mean these companies no matter who it is place enough faith in the advertisement and the you know they're looking at the driver as an ambassador of their brand so they need that and if, if these people had everything they wanted they wouldn't need us as basically a, you know they call it a rolling billboard right and that doesn't necessarily lead to competitive rides right i mean we know that if you're not a fortune 500 brand then you're basically uh, fighting for the back, the, the back markers, and you have to bring a lot of money yourself. Uh, how do you go about, you, do. Uh, you know, I mean, is the funding there for this dream? Um, we are working on it right now. Um, we are talking to several companies. Um, in fact, we were talking to one earlier. 
Um, they understand where we're coming from, but, you know, at the same time, I also understand that I have an expectation because I guarantee you I'm 10,000 times harder on myself than anybody else will ever be. So I know where I want to be at because if I'm not there, then I guarantee you I'm not going to be happy. So what what kind of performances are you looking out of with Nemco? Is there any, like, certain goals um, at the moment, or has that not really been talked about? In my talks with Mr. Nemechek, it has been it's, – it's, I know what he expects, and I respect that. I also know that I'm not one of those people that wants somebody who's soft. I want somebody who's going to be hard on me, and that's the way I've always been raised and brought up. You know, if you have somebody that grabs you by the, by the neck and tells you, you're screwing up, there's a reason why. You better listen. Um, so with that, I, mean, I appreciate that. And I know Joe is very, very good at what he does, and I know what he expects. So that's why I really like Mr. New York is because of that. You know, Joe's been known to get the best out of out of everybody, including his equipment. He has people yes, that uh, been his fabricators and stuff for the thirty plus years that he's been in racing. Um, to be able to work with some of those guys, and you know, Nemco, I think has taken this year off, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think Joe tried to run the Daytona truck race, but I don't believe we've seen him back out since. How do you, how do you fit in with that group, um, and, and and what what can you bring to the table as well? Obviously, you're an electrician, you're a welder, you're uh, you have uh, you're certified in uh, structural mechanical engineering. You know how to deal with explosives. It sounds like you're a jack of all trades, and um, you you could be a big benefit and help to the Nimco uh, shop. Uh, they must only have about three or four full time employees. You know, and and I hope to be, and I honestly hope to learn from those guys. I mean, yes, I've been a fabricator in water for about 21 years. Um, The biggest thing with that is, is one of the reasons why I got into welding, and I'll be very honest with you, one, I was bored on the back of a Navy ship one night, but two, when I got offshore, I found out that, you know what, just jumping in the water and fixing valves doesn't always make you have a job. So I learned more about welding. But I also learned also that um, welding is never perfected. It's a constant challenge. It will never, ever be perfected because no matter how good you are, somebody out there is better. So it's a constant strive to be the best. There's a similarity to racing with that, Shane. Yeah, it's the same thing with fabrication. Now, those guys in those shops, they're extremely intelligent, and I hope to learn everything I can from them, and I hope to have a very long um, relationship with Nimco Motorsports. I really do. How did this dream come about? I mean, you know, is it really just that quick that you got to talking to some people? Obviously, you had already you, – you were – you had thought about, man, what what would it be like? When did that when did that come to fruition? When did you start thinking, man, I, I'm, I've been the father, I've taken care of my business, now it's time to think about racing again? Um, 
it's been about a year ago, I guess. I really got back into when, whenever I decided to go after the world records, when I got bit again, I'm going to call it. Um, I was like, you know what? It, it's just time. Either do it or, or hang it up. So, you know, after, you know, after we got the Cobra going and stuff, I, I just thought about it more and more and more and more. <clears throat> and, I mean, I've driven trucks my entire life. You know, not a big issue. And it's like, you know what? Even if I can get one, you know, even if I can get into a truck ride, that's less than probably 1% of the entire population will ever do. So it's like, you know what? If I have the chance and I can find the opportunity, take it. Exactly. Exactly. So you you say you're going to to the driving schools. Uh, what how, what's that like? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do, do you get to do, do you get to race with other people? Do they? I mean, like trainers? Do they let you drive a truck on your own? Tell us about that experience and where you started and where you are now. So the driving school. I mean, um, so I, I use the Buck Baker exclusively. Those guys have treated me very very well. Um, those guys, I, I mean, I'll be, be honest with you. Out of everybody I've talked to, they're some of the most knowledgeable. They really are. Um, as far as where it started, uh, you know, the first lap I took, you know, I had an instructor in the truck for about two or three laps, and he looked at me and said, you know what, go. He said, you got this. And after that, I just took off. And um, as I've worked with them, they, you know, I've gotten better. You know, we run with other people on the tracks. Um, we run with the instructors, of course. Uh, we actually have uh, another one here this uh, in two weeks in Bristol that we'll be going to. Um, so I'll be running up there on that one. So, but other than that, I mean, it's a great experience. And believe it or not, you learn a ton. You learn what not to do. You learn what to do. And you learn, you know, you just learn everything that you need to in a hands-on setting versus, you know, maybe a simulator, which simulators are great. Don't get me wrong. But when you can actually put your hands on it, you know, touch, feel, squeeze, and go, oh, you didn't want to do that. You know, that's a whole other experience. Is all this at one racetrack, or is it multiple tracks? No, we've done multiples. Awesome. Um, so we've done multiples. When do you expect this, your this debut year. next year, Shane? I'm hoping uh, Daytona. Daytona? I'm honestly hoping Daytona from the beginning to the end. Wow. Uh, Will NASCAR mandate you to race... Uh, a smaller racetrack before you go to Daytona? Have you checked into that? You know, I'm not honestly for sure. I know Mr. Nemechek, I'm sure that he is asking those questions. Um, I'm hoping they re-implement practice and stuff for next year. That way that people can get in and out um, and show some other things going on. But we'll see what happens. Right. Chad? I don't think I have anything else left for him. Chris, do you have anything else left for him? Sure. Uh, Shane, we appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, We're about to the top of the hour here. Um, Yes, sir. We want to stay in touch with you, my friend, and uh, let us know how the the rise to the Cup Series is going for you. 
Forty-five years old. I'm sure. There's guys walking yeah. away from the sport at 45 years old. Here you are. You're 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 coming into the sport. Um, what what's one of the biggest drivers you've looked up to over your lifetime, uh, Shane? <clears throat> well, I mean, figuring that I grew up in the era of you know Kale Yarbrough, Dale Earnhardt, drivers like that. Um, I can remember as a kid meeting Kale. Uh, Mr. Yarbrough, as a, at a, as a very young age, looking at that man going, this man's going to kill me. He was huge at that point. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I mean, he was a big guy, period. And he, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it was probably... Well, what's funny is I actually still have a picture that he signed for me that was his old bush car that was on a dirt track. Um, and I have it, it's actually in a, in a binder. But, you know, as far as people looking up to, you know, it, it, professional wise, as I said, you know, you've got Carol, you've got, you know, Dale Earnhardt, of course, um, all those guys, the old guys that came together and made the sport what it actually is. Um, but you got guys like Steve Kenter and Slam and Sammy Swindell, and you have John Force. You have, I mean, there's so many yeah. different spectrums of racing. Uh, it, it could be your father. Oh, and it was. Trust me, it was. It was my dad. It was. It was. You know, I can remember a gentleman who used to run Capital Speedway, Dennis Shepherdly. Every night he ran a 409 and a modified. And I tell you what, I, that man right there, he—that's he, somebody that I will never forget. You know, it's it, it's it's kind of a family thing, honestly. You know, uh, dad, of course, is a big one, big influence, and I think about him on a daily basis. I honestly wish he was here so he could see what was going on. Um, but as far as that goes, it's a whole lot of people. You know, it also stems back to, you know, my master chief in the Navy that looked at me one day and went, someday you'll make something out of yourself. But until then, he said, I'm going to beat you till you do. And he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. And, and and so have you become that guy yet? Uh, obviously, you've uh, had a lot of challenges in your life. Uh, not, not ever afraid of uh, the thrilling, thrilling experiences, especially when you add wheels and possibly horsepower, whether it's created on your feet or by your feet or, or by a motor. Um, have you lived up to those expectations, Shane? Um, in my own eyes, no. What do you have left on the table? Sky's the limit. So you would you, yeah. would you right now step in that big thing that they said looked like a, well, I'm not going to say what they said it looked like, but Jeff Bezos is a rocket ship. You, would you do that? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, you know, honest to God, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you only live the once. Sky's the limit, right? <laughs> You only live once, so you might as well have fun doing it. Right. So, but, yeah, I mean, and you're right. And over the years, it's been everything. It's been, you know, you you ask if I have lived up to expectations. Um, No, I haven't because – so my father never wanted me to become an electrician. I'm going to be very honest with you. He wanted me to – 
be a doctor or a lawyer and, you know, not get dirty and greasy and the whole nine yards. Well, here's the funny thing. I enjoy getting dirty and greasy and sliding through the mud. Um, <clears throat> you know, if I look at what he wanted, no. But if I look at what I want, I'm happy with what I do. Do I want better? Yes. Will I get better? Yes. It might just take me a minute. Similar to Matthew McConaughey said, 10 years from now, I have plans to be this. And in 10 years, I'm going to say, I'm still planning to be this again later. So you're always chasing that. Is that kind of what you feel like you're doing? Oh, God. Yeah, you do. You do. You honestly do. I mean, you're, you're, you try to better yourself everything, that, every way that you can. Um, you know, it's, it's something that many people have told me over the years. If you don't learn at least one thing a day, you got the wrong mentality. Right. Let me ask you this, and I, I brought this to Taz's attention a little while ago. You've heard of the 10,000 rule, right? You're never good at anything until you've done it 10,000 times. Exactly. Have you heard of that? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and, that's what makes you good at And that's very repetition. true. And that is very, very, very true. You know, I can't, I mean, every time I make a load, I look at it and go, I could do better. But trust me, I busted enough tests and made enough bad welds to know what a good one is. And it's the same thing with anything you do. Is as long as if you keep doing it and doing it and doing it, you will become good. What but is your you will vision only of get out of it what you put into it? What, what's your what, what, when do you slow down? Sixty-five, seventy-five. When when, when do you? <laughs> When, when is it? When is it like Forrest Gump? When you just say, "I'm tired and I'm ready to go home." Well, when when does that come? Or or did you already live that out in your life and now it's all go until that day? Uh, no, I mean I I'm gonna be real honest with you. I don't ever. I mean I may slow down, but I don't think I'll ever retire. I'm always gonna stay busy doing something. I'm just I'm. I just don't see it because, I mean, you know, and, and I hate to say this, I, but the more sedentary you become, the more things go by you. I, I understand you know, what I mean, you're saying. Taz, Taz is a little bit younger. Taz is 25. I'm 40. I just had a life-changing <laughs> experience. I got turned by a big truck on the interstate. I, I, I got hurt, but it was just minor compared to what would happen how it should have happened. I had my life flash before my eyes. I was in the grill of a big truck as he freight trained me 400 uh, yards down the interstate. My first, my first comment was even Bo Jackson would be out of breath by the time the, the car come to a stop. I mean, and so now all of a sudden it's like, you know, there's things I haven't done. And, yeah. you know, it was it was so much of when I turn this age, I'm going to slow down. Now it's like, I don't know. Uh, no, 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 no. Because I, what if I don't make it to that? I've got to get this done now. So I, mean, I kind of feel where you're at. And, and, and my expectations for the next 10 years completely changed overnight just because I realized how you really do only have one life to live, man. You do. And you better make the best of it. You know, and, and, and to be and to be very, very honest with you, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of fun 
Enjoy it. <laughs> we carry so, uh, uh, a few minutes uh, past time. Uh, we do have our, our next segment that we have to go because, into. But uh, we would uh, most definitely uh, want to have you back on the show again as you progress. And uh, we'd love to see some pictures of that hot rod of yours, and uh, any other any other stuff that you have that you could dig up and send us. We we would be uh, uh, we uh, all of us here at the One Ten Nation family. You can find us on the podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, uh, um, oh my gosh, iTunes, uh, Geekcast, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Um, you can uh, you basically. Uh, have a whole group here that loves to study racing, loves everything about racing. We love to talk about racing. And uh, so, you know, anything that you can dig up and, uh, and share with us, that would be, that would be absolutely awesome. And we'll be glad to share that on our, uh, on our other pages. Um, but uh, Shane, it was great talking to you, sir. And uh, Taz, I know Taz is waiting on his, uh, his Northeastern uh, uh, report for the dirt track. So we'll have to, Catch you next time, Mr. Zane. You got anything to close with or uh, maybe a uh, shout-out to maybe some people that are helping you get along? Uh, I'm sure uh, these driving schools can get pretty expensive. Uh, they do, yes. So, I mean, the driving schools can get expensive. I mean, the guys over at C-Time are great. Um, you know, my friends up at SRI are great. You know, John has been great. Um, Mr. Nemechek, of course, has – and his guys have, have – hailed a lot of questions for me and I appreciate that more than anything in the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are floating around that, that are, that are helping with this. Um, so it's, 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 it's a whole bunch of people. When you win so, Daytona, when you win Daytona, nobody knows about you yet. When you win nope. Daytona, me and Taz expect to join you in victory lane. <laughs> well, if I get that far, trust me, you will. Look, you're gonna your so boss I, I, is gonna I get would a phone call. That. And, 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 now, your boss is gonna get a phone call when you're in victory when you're on your way to victory lane, and we're gonna say, look, we talked to this guy. We knew that he was gonna win the Daytona, uh, whatever, two fifty or whatever it is, and we're here at the speedway. We're coming to victory lane. Move over because because oh, we and, and, are the number one fans for you, Shane. We are. We and do about me. before anybody else. Exactly. And I appreciate the – believe I, I honestly appreciate everything. I mean, is, this is the first regular interview I've done, so I've probably blown it, which is fine. <laughs> but, no, I totally appreciate everything that you guys – I mean, you know, we're all friends on Facebook now after today. You know, we're like – but, uh, you know, and the race page, <laughs> we, we keep first. it up. Are you saying we were your first? Radio interview, yes. For this, yes. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. I'll put that so. one on the wall, too. Awesome, Shane. Well, look, <laughs> I, we can send a good for another half hour. But, uh, Shane, thank you for being on the show. We want to hear back from you. Of course, we're going to send out, make sure uh, we'll we friend request. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to know you as, the, uh, as you progress and uh, get closer and closer to living out that dream. Thanks again, Shane. Well, honestly, as I said, you guys are welcome to call me anytime or text, and we'll catch you all next time. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye, guys. All right. Shane Bakes. Bakes joined the the show tonight. Bakes? Okay. 
And uh, he's looking for his debut in the Camping World Truck Series coming up next year. 45 years old, has a resume as deep as, uh, I mean, this guy, he is a talented human being, never afraid uh, 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 to learn a skill, electrician, welder, commercial driver, mechanical engineer, plays with bombs, um, and races cool-ass race cars. My kind of guy. Set world records. That's right. All right, Mr. Taz Taylor, I guess it's time for your Northeastern Dirt Track report. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will uh, only go over this week because there's a lot, and I mean a lot, to recap while we've been away, but try to keep it relatively short and sweet. Um, so this past Friday night at Utica Rome Speedway was the Dog Days of Summer special. Uh, Sunoco Modified 30 lap feature win went to Matt Shepard over Stuart Friesen, Andy Bacchetti, Rocky Warner, and Brian Gleason, the top five. In the Worthington Industries Crate 602 Sportsman, it was Matt Janzik with the win over A.J. Miller, Peyton Talbot, Willie Decker Jr., and Rocco Leone, the top five. In the Rush Late Model Series, uh, Chad Holman with the win over Brett Belding, Chris Fleming, Sean Beardsley, Harry Holiday, Austin Allen, and Todd Chapman the, for the whole entire field. In the Next Generation Graphics, Pro Stocks, uh, Nick Stone with another win over Bo Ballard, Ivan Joslin, Jason Morrison, A.J. Walters, the top five. In the Fastline Performance Limited Sportsman feature, it was David Hackett Jr. with a win over Clayton Dumont, Jeremy Slozik, Matt Backus, and Eric Jensen, the top five. In the Cool in- cool Stuff Antiques four-cylinder feature, uh, Justin Pope took the dual overhead cam win. Uh, Gene Foster was the single overhead cam winner, but unfortunately in post-race tech, they found something up and she was disqualified. So that handed the single overhead cam winner to Wayne Russell Jr. But in the field, it was Justin Pope with the overall win, Corey Velade second, Sean M. Street third, Don Kimball fourth, Matt Buckovan fifth, then it was Wayne Russell Jr., Andrew Rodriguez, AJ Van Hosen, Dale Van Allen, Rudy Keene Jr., PJ Blue, and TJ Marlette, and of course Gene Foster taking the DQ in that. Fonda Speedway got try getting action in on Saturday, but unfortunately Mother Nature had other plans after hot laps took uh after hot laps completed. So, unfortunately, Fonda got rained out, but Speedway raining out, they're honoring their $5 admission from this past Saturday, and they're honoring it this coming Saturday for a championship night. And that is amazing to see as, again, championship night for Fonda Speedway, where we will see the point battles wrap up. As Fonda's, we will be taking a few-week hiatus break for the annual Fonda Fair. As we take a quick look at the point standings right now for the Sunoco Modifieds, 
Rocky Warner currently leads with 678 points. Behind him in second, four points back is R.J. Ronnie Johnson. Third is Josh Hornforce with he's 10 points behind him. Stuart Friesen in fourth, uh, 13 points back. And Jack Laner, the top five. And then in the Swagger Factory Apparel Crate 602 Sportsman, Chad Edwards with the point lead. At the moment with 719, Cody Clark in second with 684, Tim, the hitman, Tim Hartman Jr. in third with 649, Mark Mortensen in fourth with 607, and a tie for fifth between Tucker O'Connor and Tony Ferrone, both have 561 points. In the Algonquin Motel Pro Stock Division, Nick Stone currently leads with 747 points, Kenny Gates. Uh, sitting in second with 673. Chucky D, Chuck Dombluski in third with 641. Then it's the Coon Dog, Josh Coonrat in fourth with 586. And the Cuz, in the Cuz, Cousin Luke Corning in the 2H rounds out the top five with 567 heading into this week. The Montgomery County Office for the Aging Limited Sportsman Division, Carter Gibbons currently leads the points with 732 over Clayton Dumond in second with 714. Jeremy Terrell, one of uh, Craig, he was a guest on our show, and Craig uh, works with him or knows him very well. Uh, he currently sits third with 698, Taylor LaPlante in fourth with 686, and Kyle Dingman, who's been a guest on here for about 10, 15 minutes after one of his wins. Uh, he rounds out the top five with 680. In the Fonda Fair four-cylinder cruiser division, Ken Hollenbeck, uh, overall point leader and also the single overhead cam point leader uh, with 778. Slappy White in second. He leads the dual cams. Uh, he has 776 points, so a two-point gap going into this week. Kerry Hollenbeck in third with 722. John Napoli in fourth with 680. And Wayne Russell Jr. rounds out your top five with 580 points. Moving on ahead with the more tire group. Uh, we were, we would have raced this past Saturday, but due to certain conflicts, um, we are now pushed back to this coming Saturday. So our originally scheduled race for this past Saturday is this Saturday. Uh, it was presented by Mud Mule Motorsports or Mud Mule Esports Series, uh, $50 to win each of the twin features for our Adult More Tire Predator class. As they have two features to do. Uh, the first, and it's a gambling twin feature, so after the finish of the first feature, the top three will redraw for of all entries entered for their second feature. And everyone else will file in uh, based upon where they finished. So if you finished fourth in the first feature, well, you may look out and start on pole for the second feature. It just depends on how the redraw works. And I believe that's about it. Oh, Unicorome is also $5 admission this week, this Friday. And, of course, support your local tracks. Support... Anywhere you go, regardless if it's small cart track, uh, big car track, asphalt, dirt, anywhere you can get it in. 
Yeah, just support your local tracks, that's for sure. We've got a big one coming up this weekend. It's the Nine Daniels Southern Street Stock Nationals. Presented by Street Roofing and Siding. It's a big one, guys. It will be a 50-lapper, I believe, uh, show. Uh, $5,000 on the line. That is just the beginning. There's all kinds of sponsors. There's there's uh, contingency sponsors. There's lap money. Man, there is all kinds of stuff uh, that uh, that this race has. Uh, of course, the Factory Stop Pure Street Challenge is also uh, cool as well. So um, if you're anywhere within the 300-mile radius and you want to join 3,000 fans at a little old dirt track, Come on out this weekend. It's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The ninth annual Southern Street Stock Nationals presented by a Street Roofing and Siding. Oh, Taz Taylor, what a great segment that was. Uh, you know, we're about sewed up down here. Of course, college football is so big in the South that uh, we, we close tracks because football is more important. I don't know how the, whoever made that statement they're not telling the truth, but that's what we believe in around here. So uh, that's just kind of the way it is. Most of the tracks don't really race much in September. If they do, they're closing out their season. Uh, so um, we're, we're down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, we're we're about ready to get there, too. Um, like I said, Fonda's wrapping up their point battles uh, this Saturday. I know Unicrome's starting to wind down with a few weeks off. They, there's a couple other tracks doing the same thing. Um, Fonda's shutting down early because of the annual Fonda Fair. They usually take a, uh, about three or four weeks off. Um, usually take a week break after they're racing. Uh, their stuff up, and the fair goes on Labor Day weekend, and then usually there's a week off after the fair. So the track crew can do what they got to do because they got to prepare for a two-day race weekend, Friday and Saturday night on September. Uh, the weekend of September 18th is the Fonda 200. That's right, the return of the Fonda 200. $53,000 to win, 200 lap, big block modified race. And can't wait to get that rolling and going and wheeling and dealing. That's right. We want to thank you guys for listening to Race Chat Live. Of course, you can find us on our podcast, or you can find us live here on Blog Talk Radio. The podcast, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcast, quite a few others as well. All you have to do is look up Race Chat Live. You Google us, and you'll be uh, directed to where we are and where we're located. Our show is every Monday night. Uh, there's uh, a kickoff for the 110 Nation Sports Show that should uh, be kicking off tomorrow night. For, and boy, oh boy, starting right at the right time of season for, by Mr. CJ Sports. It's about football season, so there'll be a lot to talk about on that side. And uh, the Southern Dirt Track Report every Thursday night at 7 p.m. There will not be a show, note for those, and there will not be a show this Thursday night as Artie and I will both be at the Southern Street Stock Nationals. All righty. Well, we got a lot of uh, race previews to go over, kind of 
I guess you could say somewhat quickly. I don't know how you're going to pull that one off, but uh... I tell you what, I'm not going to. I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to throw out some names who I believe have a chance to win. Whether or not those are my actual picks to win, I'm not going to go with that just yet. But I believe I said it already. With this weekend coming up at Indy Motorsports Park you can see a handful of drivers with possible win. One of the only few drivers that I think that are not already sitting with wins that would have a possibility of winning is Matt DiMedetto. I believe Tyler Reddick. I also believe uh, Daniel Suarez. Ross Chastain. I would have picked any of those guys. I would probably pick Suarez. I'll be real honest with you. I don't know why, but Suarez or Dan Medetto, one or the other. When you roll into Michigan, I said Chase Briscoe earlier. You know, Chase has been running really well. Uh, Stuart Haas seems to be headed in the right direction. A couple top ten finishes now by Harvick. Uh, back to the top ten finishes. So that leaves Daytona. And Daytona could be a race for anybody. It could be a, it could be Austin Dillon. By now, Austin Dillon's kicked out, right? He's out of the chase already. But he's not Austin Dillon's out looking in. And he, he's out, right? So he picks up the win at Daytona. He can he can pick up the win at Daytona, but he's not fully out yet. You you switch him. I mean, Tyler Reddick. If, if Tyler Reddick is Tyler and Austin Dillon's out at the if moment. If Matt Medetto wins and if Chase Briscoe win, both of those guys are out anyway. So we would technically see somebody like Eric Amarola or Mike, and Michael McDowell possibly missing the chase, and that is if. That's if. Right, because Harvick would already be kicked out. That's if Denny Hamlin did not win the uh, the uh, the championship, uh, the the regular season championship. If he were to somehow lose that first place spot with three races to go to Kyle Larson, we could see Denny Hamlin go from first to seventeenth. How interesting would that be? That would be very interesting. And I hate to burst your bubble there, Chris, but I looked at the standings earlier, obviously. Unfortunately, uh, well, we were looking at Mr. Trackhouse uh, Amigo over there. He's behind uh, Bubba in the standings, shockingly. But in a win-and-you're-in scenario. All that yes. disappears anyway, right? I think these guys are already eliminated anyway. Really, the only the only two guys that are fighting for that 16th spot by you know by math. I mean, I'm sure mathematically there's still a guys a couple of guys that got a shot, but technically this 16th spot is between Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon, and that is if no new winners come in. Now I could see Tyler Reddick winning in Michigan. I could see Austin Dillon winning at Daytona. That would lock both of them in. There, that's what's so great about the next three weeks, my friend. There are many different scenarios. We do not know who that top 16 is going to be. 
We don't know. And it could be a major shakeup, my friend. Like, this is golden time for radio because we have so many different scenarios that this could go with. Yeah, there's a lot of scenarios going into it, and it's, again, it's going to be interesting to see how we see things play out. I mean, you have your road course ringer, so you can take your name out of a hat for those guys. Then you have Michigan, which you're you're going to have to look at your mile-and-a-half front runners, which, I mean, you might as well pick a Hendrick driver at this rate for the most part. And Daytona, well, play the lottery game. That's essentially what it is. Yeah, but I mean, even Michigan, you could have a fuel mileage race, or like I said, Chase Briscoe, you know, Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick. Two of those guys could really throw a wrench in this. And that's not counting the the win-in-your-end scenario for Daytona. Which that can make a crazy, bro. That can this could be the craziest green white checker flag that you've ever watched in your life when we come down to Daytona. I'm not sure. I'm I would be almost quick to put money on it that only one car will cross the finish line for the finish of that day of the Pepsi 400, whatever it's called these days. I don't even know what it's called these days. It used to be the Pepsi 400. True. So you believe I mean, you believe that uh, only one Carl <laughs> could be Ricky Bobby running across the finish line? <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. If you ain't first, you're last. Amen. <laughs> but well. yeah, we got so, we got Indy Road Course for the Brickyard, which is I guess new. If I'm wrong. No, no, we raced there last year. We did, well, we I know did we raced there year. last year, but it wasn't the actual brickyard, though, was it? No, well, no, I don't believe it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, I, I can you. If it's not going in the oval, I don't know if you can call it the brickyard. Yeah, I don't understand that either. I'm not. Yeah, no, that's that's not the same race. No, it's not. Not at all. Not even in the slightest. Yeah, so um, what uh, what what series are going to be there? I believe we have uh, Mr. C.J. Sports going to be there at the race. What? What's that? I believe Mr. C.J. Sports is going to this race. I think he is too. We only have the IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader, right? Huh? And Cup, and there is practice and qualifying this weekend. Wow. Let's see. The scheduled rundown is 5:30 p.m. practice for Xfinity Series. Saturday, August 14th, 10:05 a.m. is Xfinity qualifying. Cup Series practice at 11:05 a.m. 4 p.m. is the Pennzoil 150 at the Brickyard. Uh, Sunday, August 15th, 9 a.m. Cup Series qualifying. And then at 1 p.m. is the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard for the Cup Series. 
Xfinity is on NBC Sports Network, and Cup Series race on Sunday is on the basic NBC uh, network. So this was typically Bristol weekend. Uh, I have. I think Bristol falls later. Southern Stock National races, and I've had to miss Bristol Fall race eight years in a row. Finally the gods of NASCAR opened it up. So thank goodness we have some crappy racetrack to go to, some crappy road course. I wouldn't say racetrack, but some crappy road course race to go to. And, uh, and, and, and I won't be missing out on one of the most spectacular races of the season, and that's the Bristol night race. When is that race? Of course, with the reshuffling of the schedule, Taz, you have that schedule. Bristol is now part of a chase format, right? I of course. do believe so if I remembered right. Right. But I, well, my, my real question would be whether or not it's near a cutoff. Or, I would hope not because then you would no, get a I think type it's of a, I think it's a middle race. I'm just getting the schedule to pull up now. So the first round of the playoffs is – oh, actually, here we go. First round of the playoffs, you have Darlington, Richmond, and here's your Bristol night race. Round of 16 cut off. Oh, man. That, that's going to turn into a conservative race. Watch and see. It's going to be conservative until the last 100 laps. You watch. Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that was the kind of great thing about being where, where it sat the schedule. It wasn't in the chase, and you had guys who were basically battling to get in the chase. Uh, they're, they're not going to be sweating it like they were. And plus, you know, the hot tempers flared because it was so hot uh, for that race anyway. So now it's going to be a little bit cooler. I, I don't know. You know, we replaced uh, the fall, the spring Bristol with a dirt race, and now they messed with the fall Bristol. So we'll see how it works out. But uh, I would, I would definitely have preferred to see Bristol at uh, the first race of a of a cutoff line and not the cutoff line of the race. However, I'm supposed to say that. But uh, so we've got truck racing this weekend. We've got cup racing. Um, I'm not sure who I want to take. Well, Austin Hill surprised me. I'm going to put my bets on this one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Cindric again for Xfinity. I mean, he ran well at Watkins Glen. Where, 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 where are we racing in Xfinity at? Indy Road Course. I thought it was just truck racing and... Uh... No, it's Xfinity and Cup. So no truck. No trucks. Trucks is all set okay. with their playoffs. Okay. Oh, okay. Xfinity. Yeah, I, I definitely can see Cindric, right? I'm, I'm going Cindric for the Xfinity race. Uh, Cup, I want to say Chase Elliott, but something tells me don't go with him and go somewhere else. I'm still debating on that one. I'm not really sure. It's a tough call between Larson, Elliott, and Truex. We we forget how good Truex is at these road course races. And, 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 you know... 
Um, Harvick's a pretty good road racer. Yes, he is. I'll have to go with Kevin Harvick. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's just no way, man. There's no way. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Ford's even got what it takes to make the playoffs. I think that this is this is me wishing more. I, I've kind of screwed up in the points the last couple of races um, because I'm not following. I'm following my favorites instead of my true predicting. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to get something out of something. You know, I want Kevin Harvick to win, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kevin Harvick on the Cup side. I have All to right. stick with my pick in, in, in the Xfinity side, and of course that's going to be AJ Allmendinger. I mean, he is he is the top guy in the Xfinity series and road course race. I know Austin Cindric is good, and uh, he he could possibly be the winner for sure. But uh, if AJ shows up at a road course, I almost bet that I'm going to pick him in anything outside of the Cup Series. You all right, boss? Well, Austin Sendrick is making his last Cup start this week for this year. Alma Dinger's in the Cup race today, or this week, too. Oh, wow. So, uh, depends on where you want to put your guts and feelings on. Who are you picking? It's on you. Uh, may not be the greatest choice. I'm going to ride Chase Elliott. I know there's Kyle Larson. I know there's Truex. Something tells me Chase Elliott, and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, Chevy's so unstoppable right now. They really are. Um, they can't really argue over. it, though. Oh, I can, because it's, it's really just one I mean, you can, but it's hard to. It's obviously two cars, obviously, that are dominating. It's Larson and Elliott. I think it's, uh, you know, <laughs> Larson went from getting the woo! Hell yeah, Larson in victory lane to golf claps this past weekend. I mean that's 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 what happens when you win five times in the Cup Series. You go from hell yeah to yeah okay. We we've seen this before. Pretty much, essentially. <laughs> I'm glad you agree with me on that, Sam. I mean, you can't you can't argue with that really. It's hard to. <laughs> yeah. It really like is. It when I'm I mean, for real. Not, everybody everybody gets upset when you when you win too much. And right now, Kyle Larson makes racing boring. Chase Elliott was actually, uh, he made racing interesting uh, because he went from 10 seconds back with six laps to go or seven laps to go to – you know, he he basically ran down Larson there in the closing lap. He did. He really did. 
made it a race, but not enough to catch the guy. Right, and, and Chase had been chasing his himself the whole the whole race. Uh, so, you know, starting back from the back really did hurt the potential uh, status of Chase Elliott's racing. Which I, that's why I believe that it's not by coincidence that Chase Elliott keeps getting popped in inspection and not Larson. I think I think that. Uh, some teams are snitching on each other. And you didn't see that one coming from the start? Yeah. I, I, I Hey, I told y'all from the beginning of the year, if Larson were to turn it on, Chase Elliott would, be, would no longer be the best driver at Hendrick Motorsports, and that will bother Chase Elliott to the core. Because Chase has played second fiddle his whole career to the, to the top dogs of Hendrick Motorsports. We're talking Casey Kane's at the bottom of the list. We're talking Dale Jr., Jimmy Johnson, and Jeff Gordon. Now Chase is supposed to be the man in Hendrick Motorsports. And guess what? He's not. <laughs> it's a no, he's Larson. not. Right. Right. Stealing all your wins. And like I said, I could see Kyle Larson being the being a top four, but he's got to get there first, and I know his playoff record don't speak out very well, unfortunately. The guy won six races in like seven years. He's won five races this year at Hendrick Motorsports. We can't use his past as a, as a correlation to his future. Oh, yeah, I understand, but I mean, with the playoffs, you've got to have good three-race stretches, and the question is going to be, can he live up to that pressure? I think, I honestly think he can, but who knows? It's a playoffs. Anything can happen. I mean, we all thought Jimmy Johnson, what was it, uh, 2018, I think it was, or maybe the year before, 2017, when he was like, he, he was already locked into the playoffs, essentially, and then he blows down the last lap on the cutoff race. And Truex called him out for it. Yeah, at the Roval, right? Yeah, at the Charlotte Roval. Yeah, yeah. Now that was that was twenty nineteen. That could have been Jimmy Johnson's last career victory, but it, but unfortunately, it, we have to go back to twenty seventeen, I believe. And 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 have you heard the rumblings that Jimmy Johnson may be returning to Cup racing? I did hear the rumbling, and I won't believe it till I see it. Somebody has contended at GMS or Kellogg Racing. So he's thinking Xfinity or trucks. No. I don't don't know where Cups can fit in for him. Part-time. Maybe. He ain't getting much done in IndyCar. That's for dang sure. Unfortunately, I believe Jimmy Johnson has suffered a head injury, and he's yet to, to accept the fact that his skills are now diminished, similar to what happened to Dale Jr. I think if he can embrace that fact, we'll be good. But you, you look at all the best guys with the, with head injuries and major head injuries. 
their, their careers ended just like this. They they raced for years and you didn't know what was wrong with them, and then you find out later on they suffered major head concussions. Yep. Jimmy Johnson wrecked three times this past weekend in Nashville. Did you watch the Indy race in Nashville? I did. Unfortunately, I, I, I no, I did not. I did insane. not, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I heard, I heard it was insane. Jimmy Johnson wrecked three times for the weekend, and then got disqualified for carrying a fender, uh, a front nose piece, or something to that avail. Uh, under the red flag condition. I mean, I mean, Jimmy should know that red flags mean you cannot work on a race car. It's almost like, hey, I'm going to go grab this because I don't want to get back in that son of a bitch. Yeah. How does a veteran of 20, 20, 25 years, well, 25 years of uh, of racing, not necessarily all in cup, of course, but 25 years of racing and not know that uh, – Getting a, getting a front nose piece under a red flag would probably get you disqualified. Especially knowing that 20 years of that experience was in Cup Series. He ain't going to know any better. What are you talking about? Yeah, that guy has a head injury, and that's what I'm saying. He's not, he's not, that's not the same Jimmy Johnson that won seven championships. But he's ultra-competitive, man. He's ultra-competitive. And he and, and you know what? I know another driver that, that died in a race car that was ultra competitive. And he didn't know when to get out of it. And that man was 49 years old and still out trying to compete in a sport that was going to eventually leave him behind. Who am I speaking of? Dale Earnhardt. Right. That's an easy one. It's scary, Jimmy Johnson. Go retire, man. You have nothing more to prove. As a, somebody he who, on who riddles you, left to go. put you down, and called you fake, and called you all kind of names, I now respect the fact that you won seven championships. I respect your 80, 83, 86 wins in the Cup Series. I do understand that you never really – never. You, I think you have one career Bush Series win, <laughs> but – but you have seven championships, Jimmy Johnson. Nobody can take you away from that. And you have the balls enough to go to IndyCar after never racing an open-wheel car in your life. And you've, you've done your best this year. You have stunk, but you are not afraid to stink. And that, my friend, is a true champion. Jimmy, I know you're not listening to this podcast, but Jimmy Johnson, go home. Yeah, I would have to agree on that one. I can't argue well, that because he's done. He's done it all. There's nothing left to prove. He's ran the 24-hour race. Great for him. He's ran IndyCar now. There's nothing left for him to do. Yes, there is. There's one last thing for him to do, and I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna totally agree with me on that. All right. He needs to team up with Robbie Gordon in the Stadium Truck Series. Because that's where his teeth were cut. That's How about having a name like Jimmy Johnson racing the Stadium Truck Series? That's spicy. I would buy a freaking ticket. That's a spicy deal. 
look, everybody wants to be Tony Stewart. And that's what that's what Jimmy wants. Jimmy wants to put his name with the Mario Andretti, the Tony Stewart's, the uh Kelly Arbros. He wants that he wants his name to be added to that list. And what better way to end your career than to go back to what it was that, that started your career? And that was, that was racing trucks. Now, he was more on the rally side, but that's what I'm saying. He understands where Robbie's coming from. He understands it. And I think, I think Chevy would be willing to jump behind that. I could see it. First of all, it is, a, it is damn near disgusting to see Honda on his uniform. This is a Chevrolet guy racing a series that has Chevrolet. That Honda patch doesn't look right, and I love Honda, but it just don't look right. I've had Taz, I'll make note, please. I've had Taz Taylor agree with me more tonight than his entire 44 other episodes that he's done with us. (laughs) Don't get used to it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a bit. Taz, I think we're done for the night. We'll have to get the picks from everybody else. Shout out to Craig Moore. We were looking forward to having all three of us back on the show here this weekend. We'll have to wait till next weekend, I believe. We have a special guest coming on next weekend as well. So uh, we'll give you an update on that. And uh, we'll try to get the picks in. Of course, if y'all don't have anything to do tomorrow night, make sure you check out uh, Mr. CJ Sports and the 110 Nation Sports Show. I probably will be calling in to give him a little hell about Ohio State and the rumors of the new mega conference. Uh, if you haven't heard already, Texas, both Texas and Oklahoma, has agreed to join the SEC in 2025. This is only the beginning of the end of college football as we've known as we've known it. You may not know this about me, Taz Taylor, but I am a proponent of canceling sports in schools. I am I am a proponent of separating school from sports. I believe that sports has turned into a money-making fad, and it takes away from the educational purposes. These schools are funding. These schools are funding sixty million dollar football stadiums instead of tech shops for our children to learn in. People will argue me and say, "Well, this is an opportunity for the other kids." No, this is an opportunity for special elite kids that could have the same opportunity if sports was privatized. And not uh, not a school function. It is time to separate school and sports. Let's put school back where it's supposed to be. Let's quit giving sixty million dollar budgets to a school district in Carroll County, uh, Texas, so that they can have a sixty million dollar stadium for some high school kids football. Let's 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 put let's put education back at the forefront and separate sports. From school, sports is big money now. You have a kid at Ohio that's leaving his school to go play. He's quitting his senior year to go play football at Ohio State because he can get paid to go play football. College sports, as we know it, is over. And if you want to find out more about what I have to say there, listen tomorrow night to the One Ten Nation Sports Show as I. Hammer Mr. CJ Sports on 
my theory that uh, there should be a separation between sports and academics. Taz, what you got? Well, want to thank you all for tuning in to Race Chat Live. Thank you for to Shane Beckett from Reaper Racing for coming on to our show as our guest. Um, be sure to like his page. It's on the Race Chat Live page. Give it a like. Follow him on there. See what he's up to for his career as we as he's getting ready to launch the 2022 Truck Series season with Nemco Motorsports. Uh, go follow the TNT Designs page if you want a TNT Design sticker or even a Race Chat Live sticker, perhaps. Reach out to me, $5 each or $20 for five, and get you hooked up. I still have a bunch more kicking around. So um, if, also go check out more to music Check him out on Facebook, more to music, entertainment, karaoke. I know he's got a bunch of he's had a bunch of events, been a busy guy. Uh, wish he was on, but wish he was on tonight. But unfortunately, certain things sidelined him tonight, so he got the night off. But great, uh, Chris. This has been another fun edition of Race Chat Live. Glad to be back at the saddle again. Hopefully next week. Uh, we can do a little bit more uh, Facebook uh, kind of fan interaction for maybe half hour, and uh, we can see what we we'll see what we can do, and we'll t- tune in next week. That's right, Race Chat Live with Chris Taz and Craig. We'll look for the dynamic trio to be back next weekend, next week. Uh, make sure that you go out and you support your local tracks. If you're anywhere within the vicinity, come out to the biggest stock car race you'll ever see. It's the Southern Street Stock National, presented by the Street Roofing and Siding. We'll be at the racetrack Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It is a four-day show. Practice on Wednesday night. The feature main event will be Saturday evening. Join us. It will be a good one and one that you won't want to miss. As for everything else, make sure that you love your neighbor and uh, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Race Chat Live. You can find us on podcasts. Remember, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, or you can just Google the show Race Chat Live. We'll pop up there. Real easy to remember, Race Chat Live. All the all, everything that we're connected to can be found right there. The One Ten Nation, the One Ten Nation Sports dot com. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hill Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way That's just a little bit old and the novel alive.
just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. We'll see y'all next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.